Everything as New Testament saints shows us that our priority ought to be in Jesus Christ. Can't serve the master and money. That's my point. There's got to be a priority. The master's got to be first. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, and glad you're with us as today we're beginning a series about the topic of money. And, and pastor, as you point out, we can't serve both God and money. I think most of us listening recognize that biblical principle. We say, yeah, okay, I, that makes sense to me. But if we're going to be honest, a lot of us probably are serving money before the master, and we may recognize that dysfunction want to go about making the change, not really sure how to do it. Well, I mean, it's all wrapped up in the Lordship of Christ. When we realize that money is a medium, uh, that it's something that we ought to use. And too many people love things and use people mm -hmm. rather than love people and use things. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest problem with what you've articulated is this. Too many people judge their self-worth by their net worth. They think if they have things, money and things, that makes them somebody, yeah. you know, but I am somebody regardless of what I possess. You go back to Genesis and what happened? We are made in the Imagio Dei, the image of God. Mm -hmm. So our worth comes from being made in God's image, not the clothes on my back, the house I live, the neighborhood, or any of those kinds of things. And so we can't get it twisted. What is it all about? It's all about, as believers, we surrender to the Lordship of Christ. Let me say this, Steve. Yeah. When I dated uh, my grandchildren, especially the older ones now that I don't date anymore, my oldest little Jay was out with me and he had $2. I said, what do you want to do? He said, well, I, I want to go to McDonald's. I want to go to the show. I want to go buy something. I said, you're going to do it with $2? He said, Papa, you know that when I'm with you, I don't need anything because you got it like that. That's our commitment to Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we're going to dive into uh, this topic here on today's program. So if you can, join us in Matthew chapter 6 as we begin for the love of money. Here is Pastor Ford. Matthew 6, 24 tells us that no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so Mammon, as we well know, uh, was the Babylonian god of materialism and money. And so Jesus is uh, uh, saying, look, you, you can't have it both ways, uh, that it's an either or, not a both and. And I want to start here because as we begin to talk about it, as we begin to teach on it, uh, and we begin to do some things that going to help us get our money right, we got to have the right foundation for it. And so we know that we are those who are told to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are these things? Everything. Because it's in the context of a passage, the theme is don't worry. Don't worry about things, because God is a provider. And uh, so 
we want to make sure, though, that we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Uh, we don't want to be those who uh, are teaching uh, what the quote-unquote faith movement teaches, uh, that uh, every Christian should be healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's not true. We have too many biblical examples of believers who were better than any of us in this room who had issues that God did not resolve, and it wasn't a matter of their faith, uh, and it wasn't a matter of uh, uh, their fleshly desires or anything like that. Uh, Job, you know, the greatest Christian at that time. Have you considered my servant Job? So God saw that there was a believer that loved him for him and not for the things that he gave him, that he loved the giver more than he loved the gift. And so you having money is not the issue. Money having you is the issue. And so Abraham and Lot serve as our example. Were they both saved? Yes, they were. They were both saved. But they had a different focus. So Abraham's focus was on the master. Lot's focus was on money. All you got to do is look at Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, and Genesis chapter 13. You may write them down for later reference. Genesis 12, Genesis 13. Uh, so what happened? You know, both of them backslid. Why? Because there was a famine in the promised land. And remember, we say it all the time, it is better to be in the will of God and have famine than to be out of the will of God and be feasting. And so uh, here you have them now coming back out of Egypt. And they came out of Egypt in chapter 13, uh, 12 and 13. They come back out of Egypt and uh, Lot and Abraham bring things out of Egypt that they got when they were backslidden. Who knows the principle? Who remembers the principle? What'd you say? Everything they got when they were backslidden from God. Let me ask you a question. Was it good? Cattle? Wealth? And a woman? Well, that's what every brother wants. You know, wealth? You know? Yeah, well, anyway. So all those things were okay. Unless... You didn't get them from God. It's how you acquired it. And they didn't. And so what happened? When they came back out of backslidden condition, they came back rich. But everything they got was a curse to them because God can't let you prosper apart from him. So what God will do often is even when you get the job and you abandon God, it's not going to do you any good. Even though you get the money, it's not going to do you any good because you got it away from him. And he can't allow you to have blessings that aren't connected to him. We say they had it. They were rich. They were still rich. Yeah. But Abraham came out of backslidden condition. He had something that Lot didn't have. Who knows what it is? When they both came out of backsliding, Abraham had something that Lot didn't have. This, this is my point. I'm trying to set things up, laying the foundation. And what visible thing did he have that Lot did not? A what? 
an altar. So then Abraham came back from backslidden condition. First thing he wants to do is worship. Lot doesn't have an altar. So he's going to enjoy his resources apart from God that he got apart from God. Well, I don't need God because I got this on my own. And so Abraham comes back with an altar. And then here's his mindset. Was Abraham rich? Yes. Filthy rich. Yes, he was. God don't have a problem with that. God's problem is when you're rich and you feel like you don't need him. And you know, that's something. Because uh, uh, we pull and act like we don't need him. <laughs> we ain't rich. We, you know, we pull and act like we don't need him. Yeah, but, but uh, during this series, I'm going to bring in some information uh, like how many people who are billionaires committed suicide last year? How many multimillionaires committed? If money was all they needed, then why are they killing themselves and they leaving all that money behind? Because there's a void, Ecclesiastes says, that's in our heart that only God can fill. The women can't fill it. The party can't fill it. The drugs can't fill it. Nothing can fill it. Only God can fill it. So that's why you have some people who don't have two nickels to rub together, and you're not going to find a more contented person. Amen. Yeah. And, and so what happens? Let me, let, me, let me finish. And so Abraham's focus was the master, which shows us his mindset toward money. So remember when Lot was taken into captivity, Genesis 15.1, the Code of Hammurabi says, to the victor belong the spoils. And so Abraham should have been able to keep all the spoils. But remember what he says? I don't want it. Because you are not going to say that you made Abraham rich. And then in Genesis 15, 1, what did God say? I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Get this, get this. I am your shield. I protected you. Why were you able to go out with just 300 servants and defeat the four greatest kings at that time? Because the battle is the Lord's. And since you showed the mindset that says, you're not going to make me rich. You're never going to say that you made Abraham rich. Only God gets the privilege of saying that. I'm going to make you rich. Yeah, that's what he says. And, and, and so what happens? After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in the vision saying, fear not, I am not shielded in that exceeding great reward. So he had it together. How many times have I told you this? Christ plus nothing equals Everything. Everything without Christ equals nothing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, the Bible teaches us he's all we got. Oh, no, I said, I'm sorry. He's all we have. But he's all we need. He's all we need. You know, like the little boy, I think I told you about him. He said, uh, he's supposed to quote the 23rd Psalm. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And so think about it. Everything as New Testament saints shows us that our priority ought to be in Jesus Christ. Can't serve the master and money. That's my point. There's got to be a priority. The master's got to be first. So I got my mind on my master and my master on my mind. Yeah. And then I know money cometh. <laughs> 
Uh, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Somebody wrote a book. It became a bestseller. Uh, it was entitled Money Coming. Amen. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford and a message called For the Love of Money. You know, money is one of those things that we can use to do ministry. In fact, that's really how it works here at Treasure Truth. You know, our priority is to share the love of Christ with those who will come across this radio program, whether it's on the radio, on the website, through a podcast, through an app. And it's all made possible because of the generosity of those who listen to Pastor Ford's teaching. If you're a regular listener to this program, whether it is on the radio or the podcast or the Moody Radio app, would you give a gift today? You can come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the link that says, Make a Donation. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. And so what happens? Let me just walk through. I'm just setting the foundation. Uh, God is, Jesus is our salvation. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. We have a so great salvation. It's not just a salvation. It's not just a great salvation. It's a comparative superlative salvation. It's a so great salvation. We talked about adding that so. Uh, what that does is make it a superlative. You know, people are tired. Sometimes they're so tired. Yeah. So Jesus is our salvation. Hebrews chapter 2, 1 through 4. Salvation is not something he gives us. Salvation is who he is. Okay, so John said, he that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the only begotten of the Father, that you may know that you have eternal life. So eternal life is in Jesus Christ. So he's our salvation. But then think of this. We studied this here. Jesus is our security. Romans 8, 29 through 34 tells us it's the old double jeopardy. Who can bring anything as a charge to us who are saved? Nobody. Why? Because it's Christ that justifies. In other words, since he paid for our sins, our sins are under the blood, and they've been paid for, it's double jeopardy. You can't convict somebody twice of the same crime. Thank God. Because I got a lot of crimes. And they ain't stopped yet. Anybody, anybody feeling me on that? You, you perfect now? Anybody here? Raise your hand. You perfect, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Y'all didn't hear what Sister Gwen said. She said, uh, take that last breath, then you perfect. <laughs> that's right. Amen. So Jesus is our salvation. He's our security. But Jesus is our serenity. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God. Remember what peace is, Irene, eye of the storm, inner tranquility in the midst of outer turbulence. We get that from Jesus. I just want some peace. Then you just want Jesus. I need more peace. Then you need more Jesus. Ephesians 2, 18, he is our peace who's broken down the middle wall partition that separates us. But then Jesus is our stability. First Peter chapter 2, 2 through 9. It says he is the stone. And everybody knows that song. Come on. What is it about the rock? On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so our stability comes from Jesus Christ. We need to be rooted 
and grounded in him. That's why Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, 18, he said, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we meet for Bible study. That's why we meet for worship. It's corporate times of growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then Jesus is our strength. Philippians 4.13, I need more strength. You need more Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so our power comes from our fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then, and there's more of these. I just wanted to give you a, a little foundation. These six things. Jesus is our supplier, Philippians 4.19. And you know the context. Philippian believers, one of the poorest churches, gave the most money. And uh, Paul said, listen, don't worry about it. Uh, you gave uh, your all, but you didn't give all that God has. And so my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Because you took care of God's business, God is going to take care of your business. And that's what giving is all about. It's, it's an act of worship where those of us who believe since he saved my soul, he ought to control everything about me, including my finances. And I'll do with them what he tells me to do. That's it. And so what does he do? He opens up avenues. So then when we understand it then, uh, let's go back, let's connect. Uh, we're talking about uh, money, uh, but we understand it's in the context of the master. And so your having money is not the issue. Money having you is the issue. So Jesus is our salvation, security, serenity, stability, strength, supplier, which means then he fulfills all the roles of shepherding. He is Savior, but he is shepherd. When in Psalm 23, we're going to study that, and the Lord is my shepherd, he's gone beyond the Lord is my Savior. He's saying he is my Lord. He's my shepherd. And you know the roles of a shepherd. We'll save it for when we study it. You know, sheep have six characteristics, and the shepherd fulfills every one of them. Like, for example, you know, sheep are directionless. So what does the shepherd do? Guide. Sheep are protectionless. And so they're vulnerable. What does he do? What does he provide? He guards them. On and on it goes. So Jesus is the good shepherd. He died for us. He's the good shepherd. He died for us. Jesus is the great shepherd. He lives for us. And Jesus is the chief shepherd. He's coming for us. So he died for us, he lives for us, and he's coming for us. He's the good shepherd, he's the great shepherd, and he's the chief shepherd. So that when we look at him, it's all-encompassing, right? He's the good shepherd, that's the past. We covered in the past. He's the great shepherd, and we're covered in the present. And he's the good shepherd, we're covered in the future. Whole life all over again. Whole life, Frank. Whole life. Not term. Indemnified. Yes. That's it. That's why Paul said in Acts 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being. Here's what he's saying. Christ is the source of our life. He's the source. He's the sustainer of our life. He keeps it going. 
So he's the source, the origin. All things have been created by him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. He's the source of all life. As a matter of fact, you can't have life unless you have Christ. Because yeah. he said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, woman, boy, or girl comes to the Father but by me. Then he's the sustainer. What keeps us going? You remember Lou Giglio made it famous. He, he found it somewhere, and it went viral real quick. Remember uh, what keeps us from falling apart? Anybody remember that? What, yeah, what in our DNA keeps us from falling apart? Okay. Okay, well, tell me what it looks like. It looks like a cross. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That what keeps us together looks like a cross. And, and so he's the source, sustainer, and the substance of our life. Because the Bible says, in him we live and move and have our being. Being is the essence of who we are. So the essence of who I am can only be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That's why Colossians chapter 2, 9 and 10, it says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body. How much of the Godhead is in Jesus? All. And you are complete in him who's the head of all principalities and power. You remember. You remember it. When he says uh, Jesus Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, he's talking about his what? His deity. When he says he's the head of everything, he talks about what? His sovereignty. What's sovereignty mean? He's the boss. And what does he sandwich in between Jesus' deity and Jesus' sovereignty? Our humanity is sandwiched between Jesus' deity and Jesus' sovereignty, which shows us who we are is wrapped up in who he is. And if we're not wrapped up in who he is, we can never become who we're supposed to be. And so what's happening here? Three things and we'll be out. Number one, we need proper education about money. We are stewards, not fill in the blank. Owners. We do not own. A steward is someone who manages something for someone else. And so we are stewards of God's resources. He gives them to us freely and tells us how we ought to function with them. You know, he actually spends quite a bit of time in Scripture telling us how we are to function with what God has entrusted to us. We're actually looking at the topic of money. Her message is called For the Love of Money from Matthew chapter 6, and we will continue this next time. If you want to make sure that you don't miss a program, just come to our website. You can always sign up to begin podcasting the program at treasuredtruthradio.org. That's treasuredtruthradio.org. While you're there, hope you'll spend a few minutes and check out uh, just some of the different links. You can see the books that Pastor Ford has written. You can find out more about Pastor Ford and about Christ Bible Church, where he serves as senior pastor. And you can also look for the Stay Connected Bar on our homepage. There you're going to find links to our Twitter feed and our Facebook page and a link that will allow you to download the Moody Radio app. You're going to find all of that at treasuredtruthradio.org. And again, look for the Stay Connected Bar. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.